0: This week on The Outlaw Lawyer, Josh and Joe are joined by Whitaker and Hamer attorneys Cassandra Nicholas and Taylor Scruggs-Smith for a very special episode, a draft, a U.S. Supreme Court opinion in landmark abortion case Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization has been leaked and everybody, and I mean everybody's talking about it, including The Outlaw Lawyer. That's coming up next. (laughs) And now, Outlaw Lawyer. Welcome into the Outlaw Law. You're Morgan Patrick with you, consumer advocate. And we also have Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. Again, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina and managing partners again at the firm. They have offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay Arena, and Gastonia. And we have special guests on set with us today. Josh, I'll let you take it away.
1: So today we got a big topic. Big topic. Today we're talking about uh, abortion. That's not what we were originally going to talk about this week. Uh, But yesterday, or I guess two days ago, we're in the studio Wednesday morning, so on Monday, uh, there was a big leak, a big news story. What happened?
2: So, the case of Texas Law and Dodds versus Jackson Women's Health was already argued in front of the Supreme Court. And there will be a decision issued by the Supreme Court within the next couple of months. However, someone at the Supreme Court leaked the full draft opinion.
1: Yeah, so that was... uh, As far as I know, and according to media reports, that's something that's never happened before. The Supreme Court is a a very uh, small institution when compared to Congress and the executive branch, small amount of justices, clerks, staff, so a very small branch of government. Uh, They usually operate under very, uh, would you say, congenial, very friendly uh, operation. And a news outlet was able to obtain... A copy of a working draft of a very controversial Supreme Court case that we've already talked about on the Outlaw Lawyer. So this is a case that we have mentioned a, a time or two. We've talked about Roe v. Wade on the Outlaw Lawyer, um, and we're gonna we're gonna revisit those a little bit today before we get into the the nuts and bolts of um, of our discussion. Uh, but we we had another script for
3: the show, trashed it. A lot of work on that script. Right. Too.
1: Meaningless now because um, this yeah,
3: hours, hours hours. Yeah, the research I did for that show was legendary. So if you're
1: if you're uh, if you're uh, you listen to that law lawyer a lot, um, hopefully our, our the time that we spend preparing uh, for the show comes through. Uh, here again, we pivoted. Uh, we figured this is all that anybody is going to be talking about, and we do try to to make a show that's timely and and useful. Um, so we wanted to delve uh, all the way into this issue. Um, I know the Chief Justice has ordered an investigation to figure out how the leak happened. Um, and before we get to talk about substantially what we've learned because of the leak, I feel like we should just talk about how odd it is that this has happened. I know there's a lot of speculation on how it happened and who did it and and what their purposes are. And I guess this is a good time to remind you that here on on our show, uh, we all have our personal beliefs. You know, we, we have some conservative folks. We have some more liberal folks. Um, so we're not... Apolitical, uh, but when we come here, we really just try to talk about the law. You know what we're looking at, what's before you know a, a court, the, che- the justices here at the Supreme Court. Um, so we really just try to look at what's happening and try to analyze it as attorneys. I think this is one of those topics where it may be a little bit hard uh, to to completely shield our hand and what we personally believe. But uh, you know we're not here to judge anybody. Uh, we're not here to say abortion's right, abortion's wrong. We're really here just to look at legally what are we looking at, and, and as attorneys, you know, try to inform non-attorneys like kind of how we should be reading this, and and what's what we find interesting, what's not interesting. Because I got a feeling the, the national media outlets, a lot of them probably won't take the time, to maybe read the whole opi- opinion. So we have
3: no yeah. that's a safe bet. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, and, and and to kind of look at it in in historic uh, framework. But I think the first thing we should talk about is just uh, the leak. I've never seen anything like this happen before. I don't know if it'll ever happen again, but this is—we've uh, talked about how the institution of the Supreme Court is kind of changing. I think it's—you uh, know—I I don't know. I don't know, Taylor, if you get that same feeling.
4: I mean, you do get the feeling that it's changing a little bit, but it's kind of still an unprecedented thing that this leak has happened. Um, if this was coming from the executive branch, you know, we wouldn't be too shocked. But this is coming from a leak from Congress, we wouldn't be too shocked. But the fact that the Supreme Court had a leak, and not just a little leak, like it's not just like a paragraph of the opinion, it is the entire first draft of the opinion with the judge's names on it, all the details, their case notes, their references, it's everything. So, Which
2: for viewer reference is 98 pages. pages yeah,
4: we have the, all the pages right here. It's 98 of these. So I'm surprised it hasn't happened before, honestly.
2: So Politico is the news outlet that leaked this full draft. They also had a separate article about previous leaks in the Supreme Court. There hasn't been anything like this where it's a full draft. However, there have been mm. previous leaks where reporters have clearly known yeah. what was happening. Sure. I mean, you've got, um, when
3: you've got, like we're a, a we have no political belief. <laughs> you're, you're, like you're, Switzerland. you're Switzerland. You're yeah, Switzerland. Yes. You're saying it's going to be hard to hide our, it, I guarantee you no one's going to have any idea what I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very confident in that. Um, but uh, when, when you're dealing with... You've got justices that do have their own political leanings. Their clerks have political leanings. Um, people are human. Definitely going to be legal. Like,
4: uh, 100%. And I think Mm -hmm. even if there are leaks, though, it's never been to this degree. Like, okay, yeah, somebody might have known, okay, hey, just so you know, this this is about to happen. Like, it might have been those side
2: things, but
3: the the whole
2: thing is crazy. Well, and I think who leaked, really, if we ever find out, will determine how we view this. Some of the previous leaks have been people in, like, the typesetting office, Mm. which is a very different, like, position and motive for a leak than if this were a clerk or a clerk with justice approval or a justice themselves.
1: themselves. After this happened, I went to the one place you probably shouldn't go after something like this happens. Was Reddit? I went, to, I went to Twitter.
2: Oh, God, even worse.
1: <laughs> I went to Twitter just to see, you know, how different talking heads or, or whoever. And, and, you know, and if you were on the liberal side, this was a, a conservative uh, who, who did this, and these were all the reasons. And if you were a super conservative talking head. It was a a Democrat, a liberal person who did this, and this is why they did it. Um, And everybody's extremely
3: sure, you know, just just reading those (laughs) different opinions are unique and how many are like the one person puts it out and then everybody just. I don't know.
4: I've seen everything. People have been on both sides saying, you know, the other side did it just to try to force the court's hand. Like both sides are claiming that. And then a lot of people are already using it for midterm elections.
3: Oh, I'm sure. Like,
1: both uh, ways.
4: Both ways. Yeah. Everybody's already worked it into their campaign. People are already like, it's okay. Interesting. You have something that
3: can be used both ways. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that in and of itself is pretty pretty unique. So you know, I did
1: I did uh, I was I was sort of familiar with how the Supreme Court operates, but you know, I looked at this draft, and we know a couple of things that we know it's not final, right? We know it's yes. a draft. There's no uh, concurring opinions. There's no um, Dissent,
2: dissents. which there will be strong, strong dissents. There will be very strong
1: dissents. Um, and that all comes later, right? They're circulating, and, and we've been trying to guess when we would get a verdict. And and I think, you know, you, we kind of know that the Supreme Court has a conservative slant right now for the first time in, in, in my life, I think, unless maybe when I was a baby, I don't know, in the early 70s, you know.
4: I think what's interesting, too, is that this draft doesn't even say who the um, majority is. So it's just Alito's decision, but it's not saying who's joining him in that decision. Uh, and, and that's, of course, a lot of things news media is speculating about right now, trying to figure out which justices are even joining him in this.
2: And this was a first draft. It was circulated February 10th, so it's already May. We don't know what's happened since, since then. this first draft.
1: Yeah. So there's a there's a lot we we don't know. And people, you know, depending on what side, you know, if you, if you're, if you're against abortion, then you you think this is awesome, right? You think this is finally, you know, my side is is being told. And if you're if you're for abortion, um, this is terrible, uh, you know. And again, we don't know what this will look like when it's actually finalized. Uh, you know, justice can. Cons- can still change votes right they're not they may have taken an in, informal vote after oral arguments back in when were oral arguments two months that's ago 60 to 90 days ago like we've been talking about
4: this for forever a,
1: for yeah long. so yeah. oral arguments were a while ago there, there's usually an informal process where they'll, they'll vote but they're not done and they're still not done um i've heard you know that's one of the theories behind the leak is maybe to get justices thinking about their vote put some um, pressure
2: and uh, like which is bad wider Implications just seeing people protesting outside the Supreme Court. If that's going to sway a Supreme Court justice, you think (laughs) people will protest? There's already
4: (laughs) they've already barricaded the Supreme Court. We
1: were we were at the Hurricanes playoff game Monday night, so I I went to work, went to the Hurricanes game, came home, went directly to bed because that's late for me, (laughs) and so I had no idea what had happened Monday, and then Tuesday I rolled in and and started kind of figuring out, you know, what had happened. Um, but big, big news cycle item will be for a while, uh, kind of put Ukraine on the back burner in the, in the major news cycles. Um, but it's going to be an interesting, I say interesting every week, like 99 times.
3: Well, it is. Yeah, that's pretty interesting though. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that you've caught, you're you very aware of the things that you Well, every like. time I say it. Yeah. yeah. So I,
1: yeah Fixing your head. I'm, I, I don't know. I'll get my thesaurus out. This is a very fascinating area of law that we're going <laughs> to be talking about today. Um, but again, I do want to tell everybody, we're here to talk about just the law. We're not necessarily advocating uh, a certain position. We may actually play devil's advocate. So like Joe said, he may, he may ask a bunch of questions that makes you think he's one way or the other when really he's the he's on the other side. So we're, we're looking at this strictly from a legal position, and that's what we're going to do after the break.
0: All right, well, we got a lot to get to. The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. You can find them at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. They're the managing partners there, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. In studio with us this week and on the radio, uh, Cassandra Nicholas and Taylor Scruggs-Smith. I want to remind everybody, too, if you're listening on the radio, 106.1, 4 o'clock on Saturdays, right here in Raleigh. In Durham, The Truth, that'll go Saturday at 1 o'clock and then in Smithfield, WTSB, that's Saturday at two. We're back with more of The Outlaw Lawyer right after this. Welcome back to The Outlaw Lawyer. Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate, joined on set by Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. Again, practicing attorneys here. In the great state of North Carolina, we talk legalese each and every week. And we have special guests, also attorneys at Whitaker and Hamer. Uh, Cassandra Nicholas is here and Taylor Scruggs-Smith. And we've had a lot go on in the past week. And we're talking about it. And we're going to start with Roe v. Wade.
1: Before we get there, I was thinking about something I wanted to share with everybody. Your show. <laughs> Literally, you can
3: do whatever you want.
1: <laughs> So, you know, uh, so I figured all this out Tuesday. We talked about how Monday we were at the Hurricanes game. Yeah. Great game.
3: Great game! It was very happy. It was very fun time. It was for the Hurricanes <laughs> <laughs> in particular.
1: Um, so they went home, went to bed, woke up Tuesday morning, and figured out you know this had happened. It's very interesting, fascinating to attorneys. Uh, so we spent the day kind of talking about this. I went home and kind of talked to my my wife and my kids were asking questions because they're old enough to kind of watch the news. Sure. And we're talking about it. That shut everything down because I don't know if you're aware, but last night was the premiere of Holy Moly which is a very great show. The Holy Moly people haven't paid me to say that. I, just, I, saw I feel like I need to share that with the general <laughs> I, I public. I
2: saw your Facebook post about yeah, it. Yeah, I was on Facebook. I saw, I saw post his Facebook, it too. Was, I was yeah, like, Josh is awake.
1: So me and the kids all hunkered down, and we watched Holy Moly featuring the Muppets, and it was a, it was a nice break. It was a nice break. I went directly to bed after it was
3: over, because <laughs> that's late for me. What is 7:30 PM? It ended.
2: His Facebook post was almost 9:30. I know. Yeah. I was
3: shocked. Oh, yeah.
2: I was yeah. like, "Josh is awake. What's hey, going Facebook on here?"
3: It sold me. <laughs> so, so, like, well, so,
0: Josh, a review very quickly. Holy moly, go!
1: Greatest show ever. It's, it's, <laughs> it is the finest show on TV. I think today or ever? Not ever. Okay. Not ever. <laughs> I think today. Right. Simpsons? Are you kidding? <laughs> but I, I just felt like the. I need to bring that to the general public. This is a very serious show uh, this week. Not, not going to be a lot of joking, but but that's a fun family show. There's not a lot of fun family shows anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right. It's very I mean, true. well, can I mention one thing <laughs> about the hockey game? Uh, mention
3: several things. <laughs> your man-
0: your managing partner created and I guess committed an ultimate no-no when it comes to playoff hockey. There was a Boston Bruin fan invited into our area. What he was? I
3: don't know. He was invited. I think he just. <laughs> uh, he doors. wandered
0: right to you, Joe. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Look, it was fantastic. I, he, was, uh, he, was a very, he
0: was a very polite fan, and that's oh, shocking. He, for Boston. he held it together. He, he, you just
3: didn't give him enough time. <laughs> I, I actually thought it added. Being able to see the sadness on his face was it was a great addition to uh, the environment overall. Oh. The, the hope, the despair, like it just all the hope drains out of him. Uh,
0: and let's remember too, it's a it's a series. It's not a one game. series. It is series, a series.
3: So. But that one game we went to, awesome, can always hold. that. <laughs> ah. not, not watch the rest of the series.
1: All right, back to serious stuff. Right. I really I felt that we needed that. I feel like not only can Holy Moly entertain my family, I felt like it could bring us some levity in the middle of a very serious
3: discussion. We'll do a Holy Moly episode. We'll live focus on, on the putt putt course.
1: All right. Uh, so before we talk about the leak, and here here's what leaked. So here is the. Uh, I guess this doesn't work on the radio, but if you're watching us on YouTube, I got a big old, how many pages was this? 98. 98-page 98, 98 <laughs> stack of documents. This is what leaked. And so okay. this is what we've all been pouring over. But before we get to what might be, uh, we need to talk about where, we, where we're at right now, where United States abortion law rests right now. And to do that, you have to talk about Roe v. Wade. And, and so we've talked about it on the show before, uh, but Cassandra, what happened in Roe v.
2: So Roe v Wade was a 1973 case in front of the Supreme Court the right to abortion had never been recognized before that point in time and that decision reached uh, the protection of the right to abortion through privacy rights so there's a whole line of cases that I know Taylor's studied more recently than me, that extends from those privacy rights as well. I think That's, study is a strong word.
4: <laughs> but um, would be a, a, a better <laughs> phrase. They're all just trying to make me look good. Um, so I think it kind of goes back, I think, towards, I believe it's Griswold v. Connecticut, um, and there's kind of just a line of cases from there where the Supreme Court kind of said, okay, because of these rights and that are codified in the amendments to the Constitution, there seems to be a sphere of privacy that the drafters intended, and so by combining all these rights, we're gonna say that there's a right to privacy, and they did that a little bit through the Due Process Clause as well in the 14th Amendment. And so there's been a line of cases since then um, that dealt with marriage, interracial marriage, the rights to contraceptives, the right to do what you want in your own bedroom, (laughs) Um, several cases like that that have kind of led up to Roe v. Wade, and that was kind of the privacy right that was involved in that.
1: So you usually have, uh, and we've talked about it on the show before, but you usually have two kind of judges, two kind of justices. You have your you have your Supreme Court justice who's going to strictly interpret the Constitution. So, you know, it's like, you know, if it's not a specifically enumerated right, um, they, they don't want to read stuff into the Constitution. So there's the, the type of justice that's like, hey, we've got a Constitution. The founding fathers knew what they were doing, and this is what it is, and we can interpret it. But we're not gonna. It's not our job to add anything to it, subtract anything from it. It is what it is, and and we'll inter- interpret that way. And then you've got uh, a line of thanking other justices who will say, you know, the Constitution is a living, breathing uh, document, and we're using it to govern you know, 200 years into the future. They could have never imagined we'd have these problems, and are, are these issues, and and we need to address it as best we can based on. The foundation that we have. And so those two lines uh, of thinking are often what the justices, when, they, when they're when they not agreeing, that's what they're not agreeing on. And like Taylor said, there's a whole line of cases where the, the court has really struggled uh, because obviously the Constitution doesn't talk about uh, married couples' right to contraceptives, right. interracial marriage, you know, things that the founding fathers were not uh, dealing with immediately when they wrote the, the, the Constitution. And so the court has struggled to say, hey, we need to address these these things. It, it's not, you know, an amendment. You know, right. It's not strictly in the Constitution. And, and so they've created these, these rights that I, I would call them implied rights. Yeah, you know, the Constitution protects this, this, and this. So it makes sense that it would also protect this.
2: And it is that constitutional interpretation that is at issue here. The Roe v. Wade decision explicitly incorporated modern context as one of the factors that they're that they were looking at. So they specifically, one of their factors in the Roe v. Wade decision was the demands of the profound problems of the present day, which justices that are st- strictly interpreting the Constitution would never put that line in right. the decision. Right. And
4: that's part of the sticking point of Roe v. Wade always mm-hmm. been, is that people have said, okay, this isn't an explicit right. How did they even get to this? That, that, that type of Kind of balancing that between those two types of interpretation theories is what's kind of led us to Roe v. Wade in the current case before us.
1: So, what did what did Roe v. Wade? What, what what was the rule of law after Roe v. Wade? What did Roe v. Wade institute?
2: So, it did establish the trimester system of pregnancy, which had been referred to previously, but not in a Supreme Court decision, not by law. Um, so, then using that. Trimester system, it established kind of a viability of the fetus standard um, for when abortion needs to be protected as a right and when the fetus now has rights. Um, so that's that's it where created, it was. That's like, the, and that's yeah.
3: created the a sticking point for people that has lasted to this day.
1: Right. So you you know, in any of these in any of these decisions, we're always talking about competing interests. And so, usually, when you have something being litigated, Supreme Court level, district court level, small claims court, it's because you have two groups or two people with competing interests. And so, a judge, a justice, they're going to have to decide basically who's more correct. A lot of times, you've got two sides that make really good arguments, but there has to be a general rule of law or there has to be a point where you, you know. Um, and I think that's what they're, they're doing here. You know, you've, you've got people who are like, hey, look, the, you know, uh, maybe some people believe that conception um you know a, an unborn fetus has has rights that's a life and there may be religious reasons people believe that maybe uh, completely non-religious reasons people believe that but there's there's people that are like we have to the state has an interest just like you know those folks would compare it to, to like a murder right you have an interest <laughs> in protecting a life and so if you're seeing this unborn fetus on day 1 as as a life worth protecting you're you're going to be an anti abortion activist because you believe you have to protect the rights of that unborn fetus right And on a, the other side of the argument, uh, you've got a, a fine argument that you know uh, you know, a woman needs to be in control of, of reproduction um, to, to live and work and, and be an active American. Um, and those interests are what's butting heads and, and people are very solidly,
3: on one side or really the, the other, there's
1: not a lot of people yeah. like in the middle like, eh, I don't care well, what maybe there that's are, like they,
3: they just, those aren't the crazy people that are going to go uh, on Twitter or go somewhere and just like really push that opinion. Because it's crazy or passionate? <laughs> Crazily passionate. Yeah. And I
4: think there are some people in the middle who are like, okay, maybe there needs to be some government control, right. but not to this extent, and I think that's the only kind of middle you have. Yeah, and
3: that's it. That's like you said, those are the people who, on any issue, the ones that fall more towards the middle are the ones that get drowned out by the. Echo chambers on either. Side. I
1: know. I know it's amazing. I was not alive in '73. Um, I'm not quite that old. So you,
3: <laughs> you were a viable fetus then.
1: So I can't. I can't report on uh, you know what was going on in the nation at that time. But this was a this was a hotly contested issue, and it had been for some time. Still, and is, it, still and is. it Still is. Yep. <laughs> it had made its way to the Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court was a you know a more uh, liberal leaning Supreme Court at the time. Um, but they were like, hey, this is an issue, you know, the country's looking to us to, to make this decision. And, and, and for better or worse, depending on what side you're on, they, they, they made a decision where they tried to go, I, I think, try to, try to make both sides happy. Kind of strike a balance. Yeah.
2: So from 1973 until 92, states were required to not make abortion illegal, but they could make it very difficult Which is how we got to Casey. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So the case of Casey in front of the Supreme Court in 1992 made it so states couldn't place undue burdens on the right to abortion. So states previously were were implementing things like um, requiring women to hear the heartbeat before they could go through with abortions or having waiting periods. Or, you, or if you were married, you had
4: to tell your husband and he had to come in and sign consent. Or sometimes even if you weren't married, depending on the state, the father had to come in and sign and agree. Um, definitely that waiting period, some states I think had it up to like 48 hours of a wait period and you had to like classes you had to do beforehand. They, they made it really difficult for that right to be used in any way. So the court had to readdress it.
2: So in 92, Casey reaffirmed the right to abortion, uh, reaffirmed Roe v. Wade, and then also added that standard restricting states from placing undue burdens on that right.
1: And, and so that's the way it, it's been, right? So there's been cases every year mm-hmm. that come up where the Supreme Court has to look at something a state has done to, to maybe put up roadblocks or to make it even more difficult and uh, the Supreme Court has said to say, okay, well, that's you can do that, but okay, you can't do this. And so there's this whole lineage of case law uh, after after Roe and after Casey that have kind of, you know, minutiae, right? You know, this will work, this won't work. And and there's a lot of states out there that spend a lot of time trying to craft legislation, like you said, to make it as hard as possible. And if you're and if you're, uh, you know, against abortion, then you you're you're good with that. You trumpet that like. Like that. And the court'll strike down what they can, but
3: but at the same time, Roe v. Wade, by and large, has been settled since that point. This is the first time you've seen Yeah, so we're fifty drastic. And it actually came up
4: a lot in the confirmation hearings. Um so some news outlets and senators are starting to come out saying like they don't know how to feel about the confirmation hearings that went on because this was brought up several times with a lot of these new justices confirmation hearings.
2: But none of them lied. Playing, no, no. playing. None the, of them lied. They, they successfully lawyered their answers.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that it depends to, of
2: the lawyers. Yeah. It, it wasn't even it depends. They said this has been settled law for fifty years. They didn't. Uh, they uh, didn't uh, say they weren't going to do something sure. about it. Right. So um, nobody lied. Everybody did their job right. And we'll <laughs> they talk. Law- they lawyered. They lawyered.
1: <laughs> and we'll talk about at least in that area. We'll talk about settled law, and we'll talk about stare decisis, and we'll talk about. A lot of other Latin uh, legal terms that are super fun and exciting to talk about next.
0: All right, guys, the Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. You can find them at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. They're the managing partners there again, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. In studio with us, returning guest Cassandra Nicholas, also an attorney at Whitaker and Hamer, as well as Taylor Scruggs Smith, also an attorney at Whitaker and Hamer. If you've got a legal situation that you're dealing with and you've got questions, I've got a phone number for you. You can get in touch with Whitaker and Hamer. It's 800 659 1186 That's 800 659 1186 And just leave you know contact information briefly what that call is about. An attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the Outlaw Lawyer. It's questions at the And we have a wonderful website again, theoutlawlawyer.com. We're back right after this. Welcome back in to the Outlaw Lawyers. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. They're the managing partners there, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. Our guests on set today, and again, if you're watching on uh, our YouTube channel. Uh, we have Cassandra Nicholas and Taylor Scruggs Smith, also attorneys at Whitaker and Hamer. Want to remind you, too, if you have a legal situation you're facing and you've just got questions, well, I've got a number for you. You can call it and you can get some answers. Here it is 800 659 1186. That's 800 659 1186. Leave your contact information briefly what the call is about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to you know, again, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. And I know we're going to get into the Texas law and Dodds versus Jackson's women's health.
1: Right. So so we spent in the last segment kind of detailing where, where we're at. So as a nation for the past 50 years, Roe v. Wade and its progeny. Did I said that right? Progeny? He did. And <laughs> its progeny is what's kind of governed the, the, the state of abortion in, in the U.S. Um, and... Is anybody here over 50 years old? I'm not.
4: Okay. Hey.
1: There's no lawyer here over 50 years old.
4: I don't think you have to single him out like that.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> we can cut that out if we need to. Big voice just, just right over here. <laughs> <laughs> Lawyers. So as long as, we've been, as long as most of us have been alive, this has been the rule of law. That was the point. That's all I was trying to do. And so possibly it, it might not be going forward. Right now it is. Um, so I wanted to spend some time talking about the two the two matters before the court that have gotten us to this to this leak, right? So we're slowly getting to the leak, um, but we've we talked about this before on the show. But uh, there was a Texas law, um, I had a name. What was it called? The, the,
3: we, was, we always called it the Texas law.
1: We didn't have like another name. Nah, we just said Texas law. Maybe we did. We
3: talked about it a lot of times.
1: So Texas, Texas, Texas State came up with a law that to discourage abortion, and it was a it was kind of uh, ingenious to a certain point. Uh, I'm personally not a fan of the type of law that they created because I can see it doing other things, but we'll talk about that. But they created a law where they wouldn't say abortions illegal because they can't do that. Roe v. Wade says abortion is in fact very legal, um, and, and so they they had. Texas didn't want to make a law that was going to immediately get struck down. So what they did is they basically said, uh, per, you know, helping someone obtain an abortion is de facto illegal, right? So you, you had some civil penalties. So if, uh, you know, someone you knew drew, drove someone to get an abortion or the doctor that performed the abortion or the nurse at the clinic, if you had personal knowledge that this happened, you could, in theory, sue them for up to ten thousand dollars. I think it was in damages, and, and so uh, the Texas state legislature came up with, enacted, the governor signed it. It's it's, it's a law, and that has really discouraged, it has had the impact of discouraging uh, women from seeking abortions in the state of Texas. So basically, they
3: deputized private citizens, is how we describe
1: it. Right, so. and they and they they achieved their goal. Right, their goal. I think pretty blatantly was, we don't want any, anybody having abortions in the state of Texas, and this law pretty much did it. it variations of, there have been challenges to the Supreme Court over the past year, uh, challenging the legality, the constitutionality of that law, and it's it hasn't survived as much as uh, the Supreme Court has just kind of passed on those mm-hmm. challenges, like send it back to state court, someone else should look at this, you don't have standing. Um, which I've always thought was very dangerous because this model of law could just be used to limit any number of constitutional rights, you know, gun ownership, you know. It's a way to
3: circumvent constitutional
1: rights. And so I think it should have immediately just not lasted. Like, this should not be allowed, no matter how you feel about abortion. And that was kind of our opinion on that. So the Supreme Court's dealing with that. And then also the case that we're going to talk about, the case that is directly related to the leak, uh, the Dodds v. Jackson women's health case, uh, who wants to tell us about that case?
4: Um, so the law in that one kind of pretty much said, except in a medical emergency, if it's over 15 weeks, no abortions allowed. Um,
3: pretty straightforward?
4: Pretty straightforward. Um, they said not, and interestingly enough, they said a person shall not intentionally or knowingly perform or induce an abortion of an unborn human being if it's pat, if they believe it's past 15 weeks uh, into the pregnancy. Um, and the only exception is medical emergency, which typically refers to the life of the mother. Right. Um, so the, that's the one that got all the way up to the Supreme Court. Because that was kind of a pretty blatant no abortion, not going with the typical trimester test that came up in Roe. Um, so
2: that's how we got to the Supreme Court. And that case is out of Mississippi. Yes.
4: I was
1: about to say Jackson, yeah, Mississippi. All right. So Mississippi knew this law under the current structure, under Roe v. Wade, this law is, is illegal. Right? They 15 weeks is, is inside of the first trimester. Is my math right? No.
2: But it's inside of the viability test that was...
1: Okay. So. So, so they knew this would be challenged. That was what I was trying to say. They knew they made this law. It probably wasn't going to pass legal muster. It was going to be challenged. And, and I think when we get to the leaked opinion, the Supreme Court kind of hints at that. Like, um, the Supreme Court's having to deflect these things. And we, we've
3: talked about this before on the show, is how... Several states have done this in in varying degrees, basically put laws that were in violation of the the Roe v. Wade standard. And I guess just whether it be trying to force the hand of the whatever the reason was, it's something we've discussed in the past on the show as a recent kind of phenomenon. And we haven't discussed trigger laws yet. Yes. What is a trigger law?
4: So trigger laws are most of the times laws that are ready to become actual law, like they're drafted,
2: ready to be signed and passed once They've actually already been signed, signed and passed. passed. They're on the books yeah. in 13 states. So they're existing laws where they don't become effective until um, until Roe v. Wade is overruled. Overturned.
1: Right. We know abortion is legal, but the minute it's not legal, total yeah. ban, more yeah. or less, total ban.
4: And 13 states have that on the books right now. A few other states aren't making it a total ban, but it's highly limited like this Mississippi law. Um so, like, a good number of states, probably almost half the states, have a law ready to go if Roe v. Wade gets overturned.
1: And, and so, like I said, we've been talking about this case for what seems like forever this year, just waiting to see. I don't remember what the official outlaw lawyer prediction was. Um, I don't know what the official prediction was, but I'll tell you what I think I remember.
3: I'd say whenever the, the, the formal, actual, not draft opinion comes out, that's what our prediction was. <laughs> That's exactly yeah, she what is. We handle
1: was yeah Well I, you know, we have a conservative leaning court. I think it would have made I think it would have made sense to expect some sort of narrowing
3: of of Roe v. Wade. I don't think we thought complete overturning right. was, was I, the case. I you think know, we probably said that was unlikely to be the case.
2: This draft is really strong language. For me at least, this this is a really unexpected opinion.
3: Yeah. I think I think we I think
1: most people thought, you know, it's we're 50 years in at this point, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean, and we'll talk more about that, it doesn't mean the court can't change course, because um, they can. Um, but I, I think most of us thought that, okay, well, abortion rights are about to be limited more than than some people probably would Or like. clarified, you know, however, you know, just more of a, a, a standard. And I kind of I even envisioned a scenario where they give some things back to the states, right? They say, okay, abortion, you know, Roe v. Wade is Roe v. Wade, but this is what we're going to let states do, you know, so... Uh, I, I did feel like we were going to have some sort of tightening of, of restrictions and and who knows maybe that's where we end up because again the leak is not a final document um, and, and we can't we can't stress that a, enough um, so that's kind of that's kind of where we were we were all sitting here waiting for some sort of guidance from the Supreme Court on that Texas law and uh, the Dodds case um, and and I guess we still are waiting for some kind of final word uh, but in the meantime the 90 some pages was dropped in early Ninety-eight pages. Ninety-eight. <laughs> pages, to be exact. <laughs> so that's dropped in our lap. So now we have at least an idea of what the court is thinking, an incomplete idea, a not final idea, uh, but that is what has triggered uh, the nonstop uh, media coverage of this for the past day or two, and uh, what I'm sure will be several more days and weeks of, of coverage. Uh, but up next, we'll actually get to the leaked opinion what it says and what the court is
2: thinking
0: the outlaw lawyer josh whitaker and joe hamer whitaker and hamer law firm the power behind the program i'm morgan patrick consumer advocate our special guest in studio Uh, and if you're watching on youtube you can see us it's cassandra nicholas and also taylor scruggs smith attorneys at whitaker and hamer and again what sparked this discussion a draft of the u.s supreme court opinion in the landmark abortion case of dobbs v jackson's women's health organization leaked Everyone's talking about it, so we are getting into that discussion today. If you've got a legal situation you're facing and you've got your own set of questions and you need some answers, I've got a phone number for you, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. And again, just leave your contact information, briefly what the call's about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the program, and that's questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We're back right after this. Welcome back to the Outlaw Lawyers, powered by Whitaker & Hamer Law Firm. Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, your hosts of the managing partners of the firm, and again, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Our guests in studio today, uh, Cassandra Nicholas and Taylor Scruggs-Smith, also attorneys at Whitaker & Hamer. We say this all the time, but if you've got a legal situation and you've got questions, you need answers, well, I've got a phone number for you, 800 659 1186. That's 800 659 1186. Leave your contact information, briefly what the call's about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the show. We'll answer them on future programs, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. So we're getting back into it. A draft of the U.S. Supreme Court opinion in the landmark abortion case Dobbs v. Jackson, Women's Health organization. Well, it was leaked. And how long, how many
4: pages? 98. (laughs)
0: 98 pages. And it has sparked uh, a lot of
1: discussion around the country. And we're talking about it today on the outlaw lawyers. So in this segment, I wanted to talk about kind of where does, where does this leave us? Right? So we're all, uh, kind of we're speculating before, but now that we have this leaked opinion in front of us, we kind of have an idea at least, uh, of where the court might be, might be leaning, um, and so now we have to figure out what, what, what do we do now? So What are states doing?
2: So a lot of the states in reaction to this are creating laws and even constitutional amendments in California's case to protect the right to abortion in their states to essentially become haven states for abortion, especially states that border other states with these trigger laws where it'll immediately become illegal to have an abortion. Um, So a lot of those trigger laws create criminal penalties for women that are seeking abortions. Um, Some of them for the doctors that perform them. Yeah. So like manslaughter charges. So the other states that are reacting to this uh, that are becoming haven states are creating protections for those women to be protected from prosecution if they come for an out-of-state abortion.
1: And we'll get back there. I think I think it'll make more sense. That so this this opinion, if it's if we if this is what we get delivered as the as the true final opinion of of the court, it says that Roe v. Wade was bad law. and was always bad law.
2: It strongly says Very it. Very it, strongly it, said it says it. Says the scheme Roe produced looked like legislation, uh, and looked like something that would be expected from a legislative body which is a scathing <laughs> review of the, a Supreme Court opinion. And I think
4: one thing's interesting, too, because reading this opinion, I know a lot of people thought because this is a law that mainly deals with women, um, that this would be dealt with under strict scrutiny, which is an equal protection mm-hmm. standard. And they knocked that out relatively quickly and cited to another case where they were like, the reg- regulation of a medical procedure that only one sex can undergo does not trigger heightened constitutional scrutiny. Uh, scrutiny, oh, yeah. So they're actually handling this case under a rational basis review and which is a very low low standard, standard. Yeah. for the, the court. And then after that, they're kind of going into, OK, for Roe, the problem was they created a right that wasn't implied in the Constitution. And they're looking at the main test of whether that was a right that was deeply rooted in our history and tradition and therefore essential to the nation's scheme of order, liberty in order to say that right existed.
2: Seems like problematic reasoning. <laughs> just slightly. So, so
1: if you read Justice Alito's leaked opinion here, uh, it was it was definitely a, a scathing uh, treatment of, of Roe v. Wade. And so the court, the reason, you know, we talked about in confirmation hearings, the reason justices or potential justices get asked about settled law, uh, stare decisis, right? Yes. All right, so the, the court has a, a, a cool Latin phrase there that just basically means... You know, settled law is settled law, and it shouldn't be disrupted or overturned unless it absolutely has to be because uh, people rely on these decisions, right, for all kinds of things. You know, healthcare here, uh, but businesses, uh, the general public, we all rely on these Supreme Court decisions to be law, and uh, you know, turning them over changes a bunch of stuff for folks. And uh, and here, obviously, uh, taking away a constitutional right is a uh, it, it doesn't happen very often.
4: It doesn't. It it's happens. uncommon. It's very rare. <laughs> um, um, but they, Alito was very scathing in his treatment of the yeah, there's Roe. No,
1: there's no confusion about and. where Justice Alito stands on the issue. We don't no. know a lot about this leak, from this leaked opinion, but we know Justice Alito wrote it. Not a fan of Roe. Ninety-eight Violet. clear pages of uh, how he
3: feels about it.
4: And under stare decisis, he said they shouldn't have even confirmed Roe in Casey, Casey. and actually was. Kind of disparaging the court that hit, heard Casey in that opinion for it's not after going after um, Roe then and actually looking at the law.
1: And so the Supreme Court's made made what we we view you know here in 2022 as, as mistakes in the past of so plus EV Ferguson. There's this long list of cases where uh, the Supreme Court, in our opinion now looking back, made horrible horrible uh, decisions that have been overturned. So it's not that law. Settled law can never be overturned. Right. In fact, it should be. You know, if it's a bad law, yeah. I think the argument is it should be overturned. But you should always, Story decisis, You should always not do it. Right. Unless, L- unless you yeah, have to. not. You, you should don't take do it do very it seriously.
3: Nilly. Is that the the way to look at yeah. it? Yeah. Because
1: the main, you know, uh, a lot a lot of folks in the media, you know, we've been very critical of the court over the past four or five years. The process to become a justice is very political. Uh, you know, arguably, it shouldn't be. But, but here we are, and it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting a, a justice nominated and, and confirmed, um, very political, uh, always covered uh, very intently. Um, and so everything the court does now, we kind of view in a political light, which I, I hate to, to do it that way. It, right. it, it happens. It comes up. Um, but anyway, so if the Supreme Court is going to say that, that, that women, American, Americans don't have a right, a constitutional right to abortion then that leaves it up to the states, right? That leaves it up to the federal government or the state government to do something. So the the Supreme Court is not saying uh, abortions should be illegal. Uh, this is a big step if they, if they do, in fact, say abortions are not a constitutionally protected right because then that leaves it open to every state to interpret, Congress to interpret. And so when we were talking about trigger laws, a lot of states have taken the step to say, hey, in this state, it'll be 100% illegal, right? And then other states, like you said, New York and California are going out of their Mm -hmm. way to say, not only will it be legal for, like, I think I saw New York's governor say, not only will it be legal in New York, but anybody who needs this, come to New York. And I think that's what you see, ultimately,
3: is it's just going to be more difficult for a woman who wants to get an abortion to get an abortion if this is how it all plays out.
1: But at any any moment, and this is what the court, I think this is what Alito's saying, you know, we've had all these cases and every year we have to kind of decide. and, And the court is not a legislative body, right? And I think... And maybe Alito got this part right. I don't. I'm not going to say I agree with everything Alito did, but he said this is a matter, you know, that needs to be your elected officials need to take care He's of this. List. Right. And elected officials let us down a lot, which is why we have the court. Right. They we do. have we have folks who have a lifetime appointment um, who can kind of look at this. But if it's going to be left up to elected officials, then that's the scheme that we're stuck mm-hmm. with until mm-hmm. someone acts.
2: And it could be left up to elected officials in the states, or it could be handled by elected officials in federal Congress mm-hmm. as well, that they could actually implement something to take care of this at a national level. They haven't.
1: Right, <laughs> right. Congress could do something about this tomorrow. Congress could say, we don't care what the Sup- Supre- uh, Supreme Court says, but abortion will be legal. You right. know? And then they could set a federal structure, and then we wouldn't we wouldn't care what the final opinion sure. of the Supreme Court is.
4: And I think one thing that's especially come up a lot on the media outlets is kind of just the reasoning in his argument. Um, And, you know, Alito's a wonderful justice is obviously a sound argument. We're not saying it's wrong or it's right. Right, right, right. But I think it has implications that maybe weren't properly considered a little bit. Um, And I say that because. The way he attacks the right to privacy and how the court came up with that leaves open the avenue for those other cases that were decided under right to privacy. Oh, absolutely. Using that so, right. deeply rooted. Right. Using a deeply rooted standard, I think, is what's kind of frustrating a lot of people at home that don't understand. Because at the time he goes back to like 13th century English law um, or even early 20th century um, to say how much it wasn't deeply rooted. And his analysis of the history is correct, but I think not accounting for how the right to privacy kind of evolved, evolved leaves yeah. open um, the right to contraceptives case or the right to marriage case. Or even um, I think a lot of people's fear right now is gay marriage case, because if the right to privacy doesn't exist, mm-hmm. that's what those cases were kind of firmly standing. And that's why like. you have
3: <clears throat> stare decisis, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, how crazy is it to think there was a time when a married person couldn't get contraceptives?
3: Yeah, that's right. pretty crazy.
1: But there's a Supreme Court case that said, "Hey, this is nuts."
3: but at the same, but at the same, and that's that. That speaks to societal changes too, because when that was law, there was probably a bunch of people who just were okay. This is what how it is. <laughs> it makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. makes sense. Doesn't but, make any sense
1: now. But this this right to privacy that that has been I don't want to say created or invented, but this right of privacy that has been read into the Constitution. Uh, not only has it been really in play the past twenty or thirty years, I'm sure you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, you're going to see a lot more rights, right? Right. Maybe not with this court, but as the court changes.
2: These are young justices. This court's going to be around for a while.
3: (laughs) Young justices. Sounds like a sweet TV show. (laughs) (laughs) But Uh, I
2: think that's kind of like the big media
4: concern right now because it just, it leaves a lot of things open because this same analysis, because it is so sound, can be applied very easily to those other cases. Um, so a lot of people are fearing, you know, contraceptives right now, gay marriage, things like that. And I, th- I think rightfully so because Alito left no room for
2: interpretation. He was pretty clear.
1: Yeah, the, the, he had a
2: lot of room to explain. Yeah, <laughs> plenty.
1: Yeah, and I, th- I think that's why we haven't heard anything because this is what he's been doing for like 100 days. Like since oral arguments, he's just been writing maybe a page a day.
4: Yeah, He's, he's not even,
3: watching Holy Moly, man.
1: No, he's not enjoying Holy Moly with yeah. his family.
4: Like he even has... A case, I mean, a law from every state in the 1800s saying yeah, abortion that. was yeah, that appendix is
3: probably the most the entertaining part of hey, the whole. Toledo
1: keeps saying there's 26 states that have asked the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade, and so 26 states would be half half the union, not half the population, but half the union. His argument is, is the you know the Supreme Court has asked, has asked the Supreme Court to overturn uh, Roe v. Wade, so you definitely. You definitely, I think, have a fairly evenly divided populace on the issue. Maybe. Maybe that's what that tells
0: us. All right, so being the non-lawyer on set. (laughs) The over-50 non-lawyer. The (laughs) over-50 non-lawyer on set. So uh, it's drafted sometime in February. It's Mm -hmm. leaked in early May. We don't know how much it's changed, but the fact that it was leaked, somebody wanted that information out. As a show, The Outlaw Lawyer, how do you think this is going to
1: pan out?
3: Prediction
4: that's a real tough prediction.
1: <laughs> they will, there will be an investigation. I think they will probably figure out who did it, and it will probably be a lower level employee that probably gets. Pinned. I hope
4: it's a lower level employee.
1: Um, I, I can't imagine a law clerk doing this. Um, and again, there's reasoning on both sides for this leak to happen, and I, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know.
2: Yeah, Supreme Court law clerks are typically young folks, relatively fresh out of law school, they've got. Very promising careers in front of very them after, very after, after Supreme Court yeah, you got, If you ever, clerkship. whenever you have an
3: issue that in the past people have been willing to literally bomb places over.
2: Yeah.
3: Well, a law clerk in There's theory, people that feel strongly. You it, know, a Definitely. law clerk is a practicing. We call it, so We say a law clerk, but
1: that's a practicing attorney. So that's someone who's done very well in law school, uh, being a law clerk. <laughs> in a just, few
2: specific law schools. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. um, Pass the bar. Yeah, so you're, you're a practicing attorney and you're clerking with the U.S. Supreme Court, so your future is wide
4: open. It's brilliant.
1: Yeah, you're wearing, you're wearing shades. Your future's so bright, you're, you're wearing shades, shades. Yes. All right, so I doubt a law clerk would do it because the risk would be if it's found out, I, I would imagine you're getting disbarred or you're at least going to be... Yeah, yeah.
2: suspended, so for So sure.
1: your career's over. Right. You know, so that's, you, you can't imagine they would do it. can't imagine a Supreme Court justice would do it. I think that would almost be unthinkable.
4: Yeah, but we thought this opinion was unthinkable, too. And I think that's why it's yeah. hard to even predict what happens next. And I think the only, I mean, I'm already kind of interested to see dissents. I know I mean, there will be one.
3: Because they will probably be equally yeah. scathing.
4: Equally scathing. If not more But so. completely ineffective. Sure. They're not doing it. Right. right. A- or dissent. if somebody writes a concurring opinion where they agree in his ruling but not in his uh, reasoning. Like, so... I'm already like, I want to know more, I want to know more. I,
1: th- I think, I know we're coming up against the uh, the commercial break, but this says a lot. This tells us a lot we didn't know, mm-hmm. but it also leaves a lot of questions. Sure. Yes. We, we don't, there's a lot we, we don't know. There's a lot we don't know. <laughs> All right,
0: there we go. It'll lead to another show. That's my guess. The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, the power behind the program. Our special guests today, Cassandra Nicholas and Taylor Scruggs-Smith, attorneys at Whitaker and Hamer. Uh, We're going to be back right after this short break. But I do want to remind you that if you've got a question legally that you need an answer for, we've got a number for you, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information briefly what the call's about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And just a reminder, Josh and Joe, they're managing partners of the firm and they're practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. We're back right now. Welcome back into the Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate, joined on set, Cassandra Nicholas and Taylor Scruggs-Smith, also attorneys at Whitaker and Hamer. We have done a whole
1: bunch in the show, and we've got to wrap it up. Josh, take it away. I think one of the things we haven't talked about is... Uh, again, we don't know who leaked this uh, Supreme Court uh, draft. We don't know why they did it. They don't know what we don't know what the reasoning is. I think one of the things that we can say will definitely happen, though, as a result, is there'll be a lot of uh, threats. Maybe as maybe that's not the right word, but I think threats to the Supreme Court and how it stands and how it operates. And one we've we've kind of seen Congress and and the executive branch use before is court packing.
2: So Congress has the ability to expand how many people actually sit on the Supreme Court. That's not set in stone at all. That's right. It actually varied during history between five justices and 10 justices. It's been sitting at nine justices since 1869, uh, but that could absolutely change. And I think the last time it was really... I guess I'm going to use Josh's words of threatened,
4: yeah. <laughs> but was, I believe, around FDR's New Deal um, when it was coming out that they might overturn all of his New Deal procedures and But if you programs. double
2: the size of the court and add like eight new liberal justices, that would absolutely change the outcome of every case going forward. And I, Definitely. I, and I think
1: this issue is important enough to enough people. Um, as long as, as long as, uh, let's say, I guess it would be Democrats. So if there's enough Democrats in Congress, if there's enough Democrats in power, and I would say probably there's some Republicans too that I think would be aggravated with with what's transpiring. So if you have the support and you could nominate and confirm, what's the Supreme 16? What's the limit on the total? I don't remember what the limit is on the total justices that that the okay. executive branch. I, don't I I feel like it's 15 or 16. I don't know what it is either, but. You like you said. Here's eight new, or seven new, or however many right. uh, liberal-minded justices. So now the conservative, you know, majority of five or six is a five or six minority.
2: But the Senate would need a vote of 60 people unless they get rid of the filibuster, and then they only need 50.
1: And I haven't looked. I know we're coming up on midterms. I don't know. You know, we're pretty evenly divided Senate right now. But something like this uh, being leaked at this time and that being thrown out there uh, might motivate some basis to get out there and vote.
4: And I think one thing we should add too, is that I know a lot of people are wondering what uh, the newly appointed Justice Jackson's opinion is on this. And I think was kind of important to note that she's not in this case. So she's That's not right. She's, she's it's, it's, not a vote. She's not, can't write an opinion mm-hmm. on it. She's not on the court yet. So she has this really long wait period Um, that they're like, wow, it may be a really long wait period, but she's not on this term.
0: The Outlaw Lawyers, another one in the books. Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, your hosts, the managing partners at Whitaker & Hamer Law Firm. Our special guests this week, Cassandra Nicholas and Taylor Scruggs-Smith, also attorneys at Whitaker & Hamer. If you've got a legal question, give them a call, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. You can email your questions to the show, questions at theoutlawlawyers.com. See you on the radio and on YouTube next week.
4: is hosted by an attorney licensed to practice law in North Carolina. Some of the guests appearing on the show may be licensed
1: North Carolina attorneys. Discussion of this show is meant to be general in nature and in no way should the discussion be interpreted as legal advice. Legal advice can only be rendered once an attorney, licensed in the state in which you live, had the opportunity to discuss the facts of your case with you. The attorneys appearing on the show are speaking in generalities about the law in North Carolina
4: and how these laws affect the average North Carolinian. If
1: you have any questions about the content of the show, contact us directly.